The pattern of suffering to be like Christ. Uh, this is continuing our study of Peter. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, before we get started, we're going to talk just a little bit about Peter. Uh, I have a, uh, I, I like Peter uh, from the standpoint of I'm a lot like his mistakes. Uh, I make a lot of the same mistakes Peter made. I'm not as good as Peter, of course, but but I do make same, uh, some of the same mistakes. Uh, Peter had a very repentant spirit, and I think that repentant spirit probably came apart by he was so uh, impulsive. And, uh, and strong-willed about the things that he did. You learn that as you study about Peter. Uh, he would rush in uh, to things a lot. You get that uh, definitely from his personality throughout the Scriptures. He would stand up and be counted. He was not going to be quiet. You knew where Peter stood. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, it was very hurtful for Peter when he denied the Lord because of that spirit that was within him. I mean, it, you know, Peter meant it when he said, I will not deny you. I mean, he would have stood on top of everything and shouted that to the world. Uh, he just, but when, when Satan took that strength and, and caused the pride that was in him to deny the Lord, it really hurt Peter. Uh, and that, is something that I think we see throughout his writing. Uh, I'm going to forego with reading the text, uh, verses 1 through 19. We'll touch on them as we get to them, uh, just in the brevity of time. But 1 Peter 4, 1 through 19 is where the text is from. Uh, and I'm going to start by stick, skipping uh, toward the end of the text, uh, toward the end where uh, it talks about uh, it, the different type of suffering, okay? We want to understand what type of suffering we're actually talking about here. We're talking about suffering for Christ. Every one of us suffer, okay? There's not a person on the planet who doesn't suffer, okay? Uh, in, in Job, man born of woman is few of days and full of troubles. So you can be guaranteed one thing, you are going to suffer. But not all suffering is good suffering for Christ, okay? Um, I remember in Dusty's lesson a few weeks ago, uh, if we look at that, it says, For this is commendable if because of conscience toward God, one endures grief and suffering wrongful. For what credit, credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, then it is commendable before God. Okay? That same thought is reflected in 1 Peter 4, 15. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a busybody in other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. You ever been a, have you ever been accused wrongfully? I, I look back throughout my life, it rarely, rarely ever happened to me. It happened once, but, but uh, you know, that, that's really a, a, a bad feeling that you didn't do anything wrong, but yet you're accused of wrong. Uh, but that is rarely, rarely, usually I, 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 I suffer, you know, 
rightfully. I, I did something wrong and and I got nailed for it. Okay. And and that's that's the way it should be for my me and my life, but that's not the kind of suffering we're talking about here. Uh, suffering for our sins, our poor decisions, uh, poor following, etc. It's expected. There is a punishment that you know, there is punishment for not listening to God. Okay? Now, and uh, we need to understand that when we're talking about suffering for Christ and suffering for wrong that's commendable, that is honorable to God, and we get accounted for it as good, that's, that's different than suffering for doing wrong. You know, it's easy to talk the talk. It's much more difficult to walk the walk. Uh, in verses 18 and 19 of the text, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as unto the faithful creator. Commit and be faithful. Could be that wrong suffering is due to our lack of commitment and faith. Okay? All right. So, enough said about that. Now, let's start talking about suffering that is the kind of suffering that we should be going through and that we, we will have to go through if we live as Christ lived. In verse 1, the scripture says to arm yourself of the same mind. Arm yourself of the same mind. The way that Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself of that same mind. For he who had suffered in the flesh, for he who has suffered from the flesh has ceased from sin. So first of all, let's just look at arm yourself. Arm yourself. We've discussed this before. We're in a war. God tells you, arm yourself. Prepare yourself. Be ready to do battle. Okay? Don't take this lightly. You are going to be attacked. You're going to suffer if you follow after Christ. The mind of Christ, this attitude of suffering. Christ knew he was going to suffer. He knew he was going to suffer. He didn't want to suffer, I'm sure, and he didn't enjoy the suffering, but he knew he was going to suffer. So he had to prepare himself. As a side note here, um, suffering comes about not because you're practicing peace. This, this rightful suffering that Christ endures that Christ endured, that we need to endure, to prepare ourselves for, that this is not because of peace. Okay? Have you ever been told, well, let me explain it in my words, Barry, shut up. You know, you're, you're going to disturb the peace that's going on. Okay? Because sometimes if you, if you stand up and you point at something that's wrong, or if you bring out something that's not right and you start talking about it, it messes up the status quo, all right? That's what Christ did. We all know the verse, Matthew 10, 34. 
I did not come to bring peace to the earth, but I came to bring what? A sword. The presence of Christ and what he stood for and the way he presented his life to the world brought a sword. It didn't bring peace. Now, Christ himself was a peaceful man. You know, he wasn't timid or shy, but he was calm. He was very, very much caring and loving and tender. And all those things were present in his life, but the presence of that brought a sword. Christ's way sometimes is not the path of peace. We need to understand that if we do and live as Christ lived, it's not going to be peaceable all the time. Endurance becomes a large part of our Christ-like walk. There is a fire it's referred to. In verse 1, it says, For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Uh, let's take a couple of seconds and take a look at this. Does it mean if we suffer this rightful persecution, the way that Christ suffered, does it mean we no longer can sin? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's what that means. But it is to be looked at as something that is very powerful in our lives if we suffer the way Christ suffered. It's a very powerful thing. Uh, every now and then, things come up in the scriptures, and, and, and forgive my way of putting this, but it's kind of like a speedometer on your car, okay? You know, you know how fast you're going because a speedometer says you're going a certain speed, you know, and you can kind of judge how fast you're going. And every now and then, the scripture gives us something that says, you know, if you're on the right track, your life is going to look like this. Your speedometer is going to say this. Well, if you are suffering for good, that's a good thing. Your speedometer is doing is telling you you're doing something right. So if we endure real suffering, it will help us to cease from sin. This type of suffering brings us closer to Christ. It does things for us spiritually that strengthens us. You know, Helps our shield of faith and things of that nature. To, to state it like this also, the martyrs who died for Christ, pick out Stephen, there were many more that are never named. God knows who they are. Those are the ones that go before us that give the scriptures the power that it's real. I don't know how many times I've heard this by non-religious type people. When people die for something, they do not die for something that they don't believe in, that's not real to them. Okay? So those who have suffered even unto death, who have gone before us, did so with that suffering that Christ-like attitude to give everything that they had. And in that likeness is what we are to bring 
into our lives so that we can change. In Romans 8, 28, it says that we know that all things work together for those who love God to those who are called according to His purpose. And, and when, when some people, those of our number, and even maybe you, when you suffer for good, when you suffer as Christ suffered for the will of God, it may not work out for your good here. It may not always work out for your good in the flesh. But this verse is a spiritual verse. Sooner or later, it works out for your good eternally. My daddy used to say, God doesn't settle all accounts in October. For those of us that are farmers, we understand that. God will repay good for good and bad for bad. Attached to the, to the suffering uh, is a list of, of items in 1 Peter uh, 4 verse 3. It says, when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, rivalries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. I only brought this out because Peter used to say, when we, okay? When we, we once lived like that. Maybe not to the excess of some people, maybe in further excess of other people. But when we are called and when we become Christians, we leave this. Now the key to this is that when you leave this way of life, when you leave that sinful life, there's going to be a suffering that you are going to have to endure. Because you no longer, the scripture says, you no longer run with them to the same excess. And they're going to wonder why. And they may retaliate against you. Not physically, but they may say, well, why aren't you doing this? You know, what's wrong with you? It's a righteous punishment. Because we choose to be righteous and try to choose to be like Christ, you're going to be punished. You're going to have the loss of relationships. There's the loss of the sinful pleasure. You know, there are pains, physical and psychological, uh, maybe from addictions and different things that you're trying to leave behind. There's rejection. There may be loss of money and possessions. And to some, there may be even loss of life to turn and follow Christ means that you leave those things behind. I think part of what also Peter is saying here is prepare, okay? The suffering's coming, whether it's, re whether it's physical, psychological, no matter what it is, be prepared, it's going to happen. <coughs> In my job, I've learned over the years, and I'm sure that many of you have as well, the older we get, to, we tend to, to learn by the wisdom of experience. Uh, plan for something to go wrong. That's really the nature of my job. Whatever can go wrong will go wrong. And so I plan. 
I have lots of detailed plans and things that tell people what to do, what we do when this goes wrong, what, that, what we do when that goes wrong. There's a pain, frustration, mishaps, mishandling, bad situations, bad people, confusion. Uh, and in the midst of all that, the place where I work expects me to be calm. You know, I'm supposed to know what to do, what to tell other people what to do so that we stay safe and that we stay online and, and, and we do what is right in the midst of all this other stuff falling apart. It, it, when you can do that, it, it almost makes you look like a genius. You know, like, yeah. Well, that stuff just doesn't seem to bother Barry. No, Barry is bothered, trust me. But I have a plan. I have a plan. And that's what Peter's telling us. Be prepared. The suffering is coming. Have a plan. Okay? Because it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. It will happen. Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. Don't let it knock you down and stomp you. Okay? Because sin will do that. Satan wants to do that. He's looking for an opportunity. He stomped on Peter. You know, you know, Peter said, I will never forsake you. You know, he stomped on Peter. Of course, Peter got up, repented, and the Lord took him back. Like he'll take each and every one of us back if we get stomped, okay? But be prepared. It's going to happen. If you stand up for Christ, you're going to have to withstand the suffering that's coming. Paul told Timothy, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's like a one plus one equals two. Okay, that's math. You know, Paul said, Timothy, if you desire to live godly, you're going to be persecuted. And we have to realize that, that Christ is our example and Isaiah said he was going to suffer. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. God did not spare Christ. Christ suffered the verbal abuse from the scribes and the Pharisees. He suffered the doubt of his closest friends who knew him, the apostles that were with him all the time. He suffered the, the torture and pain of the Roman executioners and the cross. And maybe the worst pain was not only the abandonment by his closest friends, but was the abandonment of God in that final moment. It's hard to describe, and, and I really can't say it and, and, and express it. Abandonment, 
is very, very, very painful. Uh, desertion in the army, what was it used to be? It used to be you know, punishable by death. You just don't abandon people in their hour of need on the battlefield, anywhere. It's, you know, I haven't been on the battlefield. And the maddest I ever got at work was when I had a guy who I needed his help and he was the only one that could give me the help that I needed and he left. He clocked out and left. And I mean, I really had to hold my tongue, you know. <coughs> but abandonment is something I hope none of you ever have to experience, but Christ had to endure that. It was probably one of the worst sufferings he had to, had to go through. And all that is in the spirit. The torture and, and the pain of the cross was fleshly, but, but those other things, the abandonment, the, the doubt, all those things, that, that's, that attacks your spirit and it can pull you down. When Peter said, don't run in the same circles, they think it not strange that, you know, people are going to, you know, when you leave the world or try to leave the world, you're going to be talked about. People are going to, to, to let others know it's, it's, going to, it's going to filter down and you're going to have to address that in your life. You're going to have to prepare for those, those times when people are going to look at you differently than they used to look. They're going to think, they're going to say, well, you think you're better than us? Right. Exactly. And there's many, and y'all have heard it as well. There's many other different things that they're going to use against you. I'm going to have to skip to the end. <laughs> we knew this. Miss Brendan and I talked about this before we even started. Uh, there's way too much in this lesson to, to cover in this time period. But in the midst of all this, in the midst of this suffering and everything, <laughs> Here's what Peter says. Above all things, have fervent love for one another. Love will cover a multitude of sins. Love. How in the world is love going to help suffering? <laughs> I had to struggle with this a little bit. Thinking, I mean, I'm, okay, I, I know that love conquers all, right? We've heard all these scriptures. You know, we know this. Love Love is the thing that, that, that binds all this together and cures all of our problems. Why does Peter, Peter go to love? Because God loves us. God loves us. <coughs> Forgiveness is part of suffering. Okay? Real quickly. If you're suffering, you got to forgive. What? Got to forgive? Christ did. In the midst of Christ's suffering on the cross, what did he say? Father, forgive him. And I guarantee you, you can't forgive those who are punishing you and making you suffer unless you learn to love them. Love is the key. 